Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Ed Surge On Air podcast. I'm your co-host, Mary Jo Matta. In Tennessee, the education system made headlines a few years back when the state announced the Tennessee Promise, an initiative granting thousands of high school students the opportunity to attend two years of free community college. After Governor Bill Haslam announced the scholarship program amongst a flurry of news, students immediately began applying to receive funds to put towards tuition at one of the state's 13 community colleges, 27 colleges of applied technology, or other eligible institutions offering an associate's degree program. But in order for this to really succeed, it wasn't just about the community and technical colleges agreeing to be a part of the plan. School districts across the state began to see themselves as an integral piece of the equation. And one district in particular, the Putnam County School System in Cookville, decided to push student ownership over higher education learning even further with an extensive dual enrollment college credit program for high schoolers. Sam Brooks, personal learning coordinator for the district, sat down with EdSearch this week to discuss the program as well as how his team has translated it into even lower grade levels, think middle school, and what he recommends other schools and districts do to make their students more college and career ready. We'll get to that in a moment, right after this. This episode of the EdSurge On Air podcast is brought to you by EdSurge Concierge. Are you a K-12 administrator who is looking to have more confidence in your ed tech decisions? Concierge is a free service designed to find EdTech tools aligned to your goals. Sign up now on edsurge.com slash concierge. All right, we are ready to bring Sam Brooks onto the podcast. Now, Sam has an extensive background in education. He was a football coach, an educator, and currently he's the personal learning coordinator for the Putnam County School System in Cookville, Tennessee. He has a lot of experience when it comes to dual enrollment college credit programs and brings a lot of advice for other districts that are interested in doing that. But he also has some thoughts about how to buoy a lot of those programs with the use of technology. With that, we'll get to the interview. Okay, so uh, everybody out there listening, I am here with the esteemed Sam Brooks, who is the personal learning coordinator for Putnam County Schools in Cookville, Tennessee. Hello, Sam. How are you today? Hey, Mary Jo. Doing well. Thank you. So why don't you tell um, everyone a little bit about yourself? What's your background? So my background uh, in Putnam County, uh, been a uh, started out really as a football coach and a biology teacher in the classroom years ago. Um, taught uh, and coached for about 16 years, and, and then some of these opportunities for uh, some possible maybe credit recovery, lab work, that type thing came along at a time in my coaching career when I was, you know, really getting burnt out and was ready for a transition into something else. And luckily, I was blessed to find out that uh, I was needed and wanted for a role that, that put me in a lab and working with students and, and some digital uh, learning. And at that time, it was it was basically credit recovery. That that's really where all the, the digital learning started um, with, with trying to analyze and give opportunities for those students who were behind and needed to get caught up. And, and that kind of transitioned into uh, a role of offering uh, credit advancement uh, way back in 2008. And we started down that path then in Putnam County. And, and I was actually at the high school level uh, as what we would call a, a, an online facilitator uh, for online learning. And, uh, you know, really got a chance to see what happens at the ground level and 
what a uh, student needs in that situation to be successful uh, by using digital means uh, in a lab setting. And you know, it, it was a lab setting at that time because technology was still very expensive. And so the labs were really the only opportunity that we had to get students some uh, chance at using some digital means to, to get what they need. And now as time has transitioned, all of a sudden, you know, in the last couple of years, we start hearing more about personalized learning. And, uh, you know, to us, personalized learning means a completely different thing than maybe it does at some other places. But um, that gave us the opportunity to really personalize the learning per student and put students on an individualized learning plan, possibly using technology in the classroom. And uh, we are predominantly a Google district and, and very proud to be so. And uh, so Chromebook is, is the device of their choice. And we are well on our way to one-to-one uh, -one integration. Uh, our goal is 2018. And we have 11,300 students in Putnam County. And we have about 8,500 Chromebooks today. So uh, we're, we're very close to that right now. And, you know, if you had asked me two years ago, did I think we would get to one-to-one by 2018? I told you there's no way. But the cool thing about Putnam County and, and our director, Jerry Boyd, is uh, principals realized the direction that he was going in use of technology to affect students, and they got behind that. So some of the things that they had purchased in the past that maybe wasn't being as efficient as they might have wanted it to be, they kind of reallocated those funds. And, and of all those 8,500 Chromebooks that I'm talking about in Putnam County, not one of them has been bought through our technology department. They've all been bought by principals at the school level. Yeah, not very typical and, and something, honestly, I don't know that we really expected, but, you know, once our director got a fire for it and, and got behind it and really showed them the advantages of, of a technology enhanced classroom and what it could do for teachers as far, far as facilitating differentiation in the classroom, you know, they really bought in and, and we're just doing some, some really cool things right now in the classroom, which has led to some other opportunities as far as uh, some of the other outreaches of our, our vital uh, program and, and vital stands for virtual instruction to accentuate learning and that's the kind of our name for our program and our umbrella uh, that enhances all of the digital implications for the students at Putnam County. And you certainly have a lot of digital initiatives going on but I want to go back to one that you mentioned at the very beginning which is this concept of credit recovery. So um, you are you are from Tennessee which is uh, known for amongst many things being the location of the Tennessee Promise which provides scholarships for students to use at community colleges or colleges of applied technology. And that bridge between higher ed and K-12 is not something you hear about that often but it seems like with um, Putnam County, you have put in a lot of effort to helping students uh, prepare for that transition. So talk to me a little bit. How do you think you can help students be successful in community college and uh, for college and career readiness? What are you doing at Putnam County to support that? Well, you know, you just, you just said it. And, and for someone to say <clears throat> that they're not linked and, and they're, you really can't talk about them in the same conversation, I think that's way off. I think college and career ready means bridging that gap between high school uh, and college to get those kids truly ready for what they're going to get into, whether it be, <coughs> excuse me, whether it be uh, TCAT offerings at a technical school, whether it be a community college situation, or whether you're talking about uh, dual enrollment, actual college classes while they're in high school, which we have a lot of, I think all of those fall under the same umbrella of college and career ready. 
So we want to make sure that we give our kids, you know, all the way down the spectrum, all the way from the bottom of the top of the ladder of K-12 when they enter kindergarten, all the way through 12th grade, we want to give them options along the way to do whatever they want to do. If it's a, a certificate-based program where they can graduate high school and go to work having been certified in a skill and go right into the work uh, force to be successful and, and gain pretty good pay uh, right as they graduate, maybe they don't want to go to college or they don't think they want to go to college. But what we find out is a lot of our kids who don't think they want to go to college, when they have success somewhere along the way climbing up the ladder, they all, they all of a sudden get confidence that, hey, maybe I can go to a community college. Maybe I can go to a TCAT technical school and get some more certifications to do a trade. How does it work putting together a dual enrollment college credit program? So talk to me a little bit about how Putnam County Schools has created partnerships with universities and institutions in Tennessee to essentially allow students to dual enroll in these college courses. We have, you know, you run into blocks along the way, everywhere you look. And, and if you pay attention to those blockades, then you, you really don't get anywhere. But we, we felt like giving those students options all the way from sixth grade, all the way through 12th grade to, to really, you know, in Tennessee, state of Tennessee said it a couple of years ago, move on when ready. So if we got middle school students that are truly ready through our data points to take on a high school class while they're in middle school, then VITAL wants to enable that principal and give them the ability to be able to do that. And so that's what we've done in Putnam County and, and it's really grown very quickly. Um, we would consider that part of our dual enrollment program because it's setting those kids up with high school credits that's going to allow them to take more advantage of actual in high school college course offerings while they're there. So we have students that are leaving some of our middle schools graduating or not graduating, but going from middle school to high school with seven and eight credits of high school work under their belt, which is going to create a lot of gaps later on in their sophomore, junior and senior year uh, to take more college credits while they're there, more um, opportunities to gain that credit and then, you know, really be more valuable in uh, student versus student scholarships that are available as time goes on. So, you know, the colleges, we, we didn't really have to get them involved. When, when they saw what we were doing and they realized that many of these students are going to be available to take these college courses with different motivations, some of them maybe just to take 12 hours of dual enrollment, just to learn what it's like to be a college student while they're in high school. Some of them want to uh, get their 43 hours of gen ed credit out of the way so when they leave Putnam County Schools, they'll walk in and be a junior the first day of college. And we have a lot of that going on. And then really the highly motivated kids are the ones that uh, want to get an associate's degree, which is 60 to 66 hours, depending upon the major, um, get that associate's degree actually a week or two before they graduate from high school. Um, and, and we had, we wanted to build a pathway, Mary Jo, for those kids to work with our counselors in high school and middle school to build a pathway for each individual kid, dependent upon what they wanted to do. Now, we don't, we don't expect a sixth grader to be able to tell us they want to major in engineering while they're in sixth grade. But the basis for all the gen ed curriculum going into college is pretty much the same. So we don't expect them to make those decisions right now, but we want to get them on the path where they can have a lot more valuable information to make those decisions when they get there. So let me ask about something in particular, because when I've heard about college uh, credit programs or credit recovery programs, 
I oftentimes hear it in the context of high school, not middle school. Now, you alluded to middle school a couple times. So when you're talking about these dual enrollment, uh, dual enrollment programs in middle school, talk to me a little bit about what you guys have done in that arena. Well, it just, you know, we were doing some great things in, in like you said, in high school, giving those uh, high school students opportunities for actual dual enrollment credit hours. Um, so our next step, we thought, was how can we enhance that and how can we give them more pathway availability to do more dual enrollment so they can reach that associate's degree level? And so the, the direction that we, we needed to go was to talk to our middle school principals and, and offer classes for high school credit down in the middle school arena, really started in sixth grade because fifth grade is the year that we bring them in and we tell them about all of the offerings that are available. And, and it's funny because if, if you tell a fifth grade kid and a fifth grade parent, you know, if, if you have good data points and you do good on your classes, you're going to have all of these options to take some high school credits as you go through middle school. Imagine how more motivated they're going to be in those classes during their fifth grade year to try and get off to a good start so they can be involved in that. And so we've seen that take place. And, and then, you know, I've had that question asked, if we have a fifth grader that's ready to take a high school class, will we let them? Well, if, if the counselor says they think they can master it and the parents are all on board and if the principal is on board and we, we hit all of those data points for those kids, we would allow that and we have had that. Um, now, that's probably few and far between, but, you know, along about sixth grade, somewhere in seventh grade, all of a sudden they start, the ones who are ready to do that and want to take advantage of more dual enrollment later on, uh, they'll dive into that and, and it's been very successful. We give them a little bit of time as the class starts to identify that this is really what they want to do. And if they jump in there and they feel like it's too much very quickly, we will allow them to jump back out because it is a middle school student. But what that's doing and why we in include that in the dual enrollment discussion is that that offers it up for a student to go through and get most of their high school classes out of the way. And then that leaves the rest of the classes that can, they can be duly enrolled in and get college and high school credit at the same time which really lends itself. I'll tell you a great success story we've had the last two years. Tennessee Tech, one of our partners, a four-year institution, has a very good nursing program. And so we've had some vital students that have knocked out, you know, 41 to 45 hours of credit, including some um, medical classes. And uh, one of them, well, actually two of them last year applied to the Tennessee Tech School of Nursing and was able to go right into the School of Nursing right out of high school. Most of those college students over at Tennessee Tech work for two solid years at least to get ready for that nursing. And then they have to go through an application process to even be identified as a, as a nursing student at Tennessee Tech. And we've had, I think, three to date in the last two years that have went right into that nursing program right out of high school. So this is obviously an incredibly powerful program, but I'm also wondering, in order to support something like this, technology must play a pretty key role. So what is the role that tech plays in what I assume would be distance learning for a middle school student taking high school courses or a high school student taking college courses? We have a number of ways, and I'm, I'm very glad you, you brought that up because when we talk about personalized learning in, in Putnam County, what we're talking about for all of our teachers, whether they have technology or not, is identifying where the student is by data when they come into the classroom and then trying to develop an individualized learning plan for each student that you have to get them to where they need to be. Now, that can include technology if they have it, and in the instances where it does, it gives them unique opportunities to be able to differentiate learning 
in ways that we never have been able to do before. So those Chromebooks in the classroom that we're lucky enough to have, you know, have been a, a very nice tool, but we do want to be careful and, and just make sure everybody understands that personalized learning is just not dealing with technology. Um, so to answer your question there, uh, we do use some distance learning uh, in that situation. We have a, a, an integrated math teacher who is actually in the vital program. Uh, Lance Key is his name. And he broadcasts out live every morning from 8 to 9.30 to all of the other middle schools in our district, an integrated math one and two class um, to all of the students who are interested in that across the district in, in a live video setting situation. But uh, he also travels, you know, to, to those different schools and makes sure he has that face-to-face -face contact with all of the students along the way. And man, it, believe it or not, on top of all that, he is a completely flipped classroom teacher. So he flips the learning and, and kids are in there. They, one kid may be three chapters ahead of another kid. Uh, another kid may be three chapters ahead of the person that's in the lead in the class. And they're all working. You know, they go home and do minimal assignments on the, on the Chromebooks at night. And then they come back and they've got that teacher, that professional, that person that knows that math for an hour and a half every day live that they can work through those problems. And not to mention the, the project-based learning that's involved in that class for those students. And, and what they need. And you can imagine, Mary Jo, when you have a student that, let's say, dives into integrated math, which is a high school class as a seventh grader, well, they're missing seventh grade math and they're missing eighth grade math. So we got to do a real good, good job on our end with our teachers and identifying those gaps that would exist and, and making sure that we cover those gaps with all of those students. So when they move into that integrated two math class, they're going to be completely ready for that. And I can imagine, I mean, there's clearly a lot of things happening. Like I said before, you've got middle school, you've got high school, you've got kids with teachers on um, Chromebooks that are doing these different programs. And in the meantime, you know, regular instruction is happening. If I were a district administrator listening to this podcast, I would think to myself, this is an incredible array of initiatives, but I don't even know where to start. So sure. my, my big last question for you then is, what do you think is a first step that districts and schools can take in creating this bridge between K-12 and higher ed? What's the best way to support, let's focus on high school for a second, what's the best way to support high school students preparing to move into that next step after graduation? You know, that, that is an awesome question, and, and I know that's a great question because, as I told you, today we've had, this was our 62nd district that's visited the vital, vital program in two years to, to ask that very question that you're talking about. And, and what we always tell everybody in the conferences that we're asked to speak at across the nation and all of that, what we tell people is you have to start slow. R remember, we started back in 2008 and, and look where we are right now. And it, it's taken some time. So you have to pick out what your biggest need is and you have to identify that. And then you have to start with a small number of students and then show success, learn how to do it. And then you don't have to worry about it growing. It's going to grow on its own. And so that that's definitely happened with us. And, you know, ever since about 2012, everything that we're talking about has, has exploded for vital, you know, to the point to where we're serving about a thousand to 1200 students per nine week period in this program with all of the things that we've talked about. And, you know, that that's hitting three to 4,000 classes a year, which is, you know, we never really ever thought we would get to that. Um, so, you know, providing what would be the vital office uh, with the people that they would need to be able to carry out these functions for the students of Putnam County and also making our program very non-threatening to the schools that exist. 
So when we teach an integrated math uh, student through Vital, we do not take their data for state testing away from that school. Because if we did that, we'd be taken away from the best data that they have. So we're very non-threatening to our principals and, and they know the Vital Office is a one-stop uh, one shop for anything digital in Putnam County, any outside the box ideas that they might have, which is where our middle school um, credit offerings began and something we, we really started with one school on, uh, Prescott Middle School started with uh, an idea, hey, we would like to have some technology enhanced offerings for our students. And uh, we did that and we called it uh, Vital Middle School Academy just to kind of give it a name. And, uh, you know, what we thought would be 100, 125 students in this first year at just that one school has turned into 240. And then district-wide, that's turned into about uh, 550 students taking uh, high school classes in middle school. That is no small feat to accomplish. And it's it's honestly, it's pretty crazy to think that it's it's grown that much. But it certainly seems like there's a need that you filled. And that's part of the reason why so many students are getting involved. Definitely. I, I agree. And, you know, I, I guess we were being pretty selfish in designing this because what we were really looking at is, you know, graduation rates, all those numbers that are important to school districts, you know, graduation rates, attendance rates, uh, college success rates of Putnam County students when they go out in, into a college, you know, across America, they're not very good. Um, and if you look at Putnam County students and how that's improved over the last three years, you can see the ability to take college classes while you're in high school has really helped them with understanding what college is all about. And then you mentioned a minute ago, the Tennessee promise, you know, for some of our certificate based kids and some of our CTE kids and really any other kids that, that want the opportunity to go to community college, you know, the governor, governor of Tennessee came through two years ago and made some unprecedented promises that, you know, we really were very skeptical about. And it has come to pass. And, and now in the state of Tennessee, um, every student has the opportunity to go to a community college for completely free. And then they can build on that. If they do well in a community college, they're going to have that same opportunity to continue on to a four-year institution if they're not in the workforce at that time. And really, the state of Tennessee is calling that our drive to 55. We want to get to 55% of the people of Tennessee, the citizens of of Tennessee having uh, some type of diploma. And again, if you had asked me three or four years ago, if we'd get there, I'd probably told you no, but everything has seemed to just to come together to create some unique options. And, and the governor is now taking that into a situation to where every adult citizen that wants to come back to school and, and can go through the process of getting qualified for that will have their opportunity for schooling to be paid for. And he just announced that, uh, I guess about two weeks ago in the state of the Tennessee address, and you're going to be hearing a lot more about that as time goes on, too. Well, Sam, thank you so much. This was an incredibly informational talk. And if anybody wants to get any more information about Putnam County Schools, where can they go? Oh, gosh, I guess the best place would be uh, my email. Um, it'll go right in there with those other thousand that we get a day. But uh, uh, my email is my last name, Brooks, uh, B-R-O-O-K-S, S-4, and that's at P C sstn.com. That's probably the best place. And then maybe we can hook up a video conference like we're doing here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Sam Brooks. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate your time. This has been the EdSearch On Air podcast. This episode was produced and edited by me, Mary Jo Matta, and advertisements were read by Alice Meyerhoff. 
You can give us a grade on the quality of this podcast by rating us on iTunes or sending an email to us at feedback at edsearch.com. You can also subscribe on the iPhone podcast app, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week with more on the future of education. We'll see you then.